What is up? Welcome to the Couple on Fire podcast. On today's episode, we're actually going to be talking about life lessons we can learn from this guy right here in the middle. And that's coming up. Right now. Right now. Are you a Christian and you are looking to take your faith, your family, and your future to the next level? Then this is the channel for you. Welcome to today's show, season two, episode 24. That's right. We're talking about groundhogging because today is Groundhog Day. What better day than today to talk about that? So I'm one of your hosts, Josh, and I'm here with the always gorgeous nose scratcher, my wife, Christy. Hello. Yeah. So, hey, we have a link on the bottom right here. We have a private Facebook group. If you have a blended family, if you are a man or a woman, either one, we don't care, uh, join our group. It's at the link below. We want to welcome you to be part of that. Nothing like having good, strong community. So on today's episode, we're talking about this guy right here. It's Groundhog Day. And I know the notorious movie, right? Um, Groundhog's, Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Yeah. It's really, really funny. But we want to kind of talk more about the character and a little bit more about the actual groundhog himself, about what kind of life lessons can we learn from this furry little critter. So that's kind of what we want to dive into today. Because I believe that all God's creatures have some form of a lesson to help teach us. And it's our choice and our perspective on how we want to um, take that and apply it to our, our own personal life. Yep. You have anything you want to say before we get going there, no. lady? No. I was hoping you'd have a, a little scene from Groundhog Day. No. That, that... It just replays and replays, and that's the whole episode. <laughs> that would be funny. That yeah, would actually be funny. We should have done People that. People are like, is this a joke? Like, we what's going on? We should have done that as a prank. We should have done that. <laughs> we should have. <laughs> like the first 60 seconds just on a loop. It just repeats and repeats. <laughs> we think of things after the fact. That's the story of our yeah. lives. So. Loopers. Yeah. So we uh, came up with four things today, right? So the number one thing, or the first thing, not necessarily the number one thing, but the first thing we have is you have a specific purpose. So even the groundhog has found his purpose in life, right? It's to tell us whether or not we're going to have six more weeks of winter or not. So that's something that we can learn from the little groundhog. And I don't know, maybe you even remember this. I used to have a groundhog as a pet. Okay. No. Yeah. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. You had a groundhog? Mm -hmm. No, you had a ferret. No, I had a ferret. I had a ferret for a long time. But I actually had bought a groundhog. And <laughs> did you? Yes. I did not know that. <laughs> I did when not I was, know that. When I was like, it was right before the ferret. So I got the ferret after the groundhog. I only had the groundhog for a short time. But there was a pet store on Dort Highway that you could buy like exotic animals from. You know what I mean? A groundhog. And so, yeah. So it had... They had a groundhog and I bought it. <laughs> a lot of people don't know this, but groundhogs are, when they get scared, they literally stand up on their back legs and they go like that and they like fall over. And no. then, yeah. And like they, fainting goats. Yes. Yes. And so I would be sleeping. I don't know any of this. <laughs> I don't know any of this. It's like, she's a whole separate life. I don't know anything about Like she's a groundhogger. I would be sleeping. I would be sleeping or something like laying in bed and I had a huge like aquarium and you had to buy like deep things so they could dig. So they like to dig a lot. Yeah. And it all of a sudden <laughs> would just stand up and go <laughs> like so loud. It's a real sad <laughs> groundhog. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so that groundhog found its purpose in scaring me. I ended up taking it back to the pet store and they took it back. But yeah. They're cute. It's just it would they make like 
crazy noises. See, and I would not think a groundhog is cute. Like I don't like the little picture we have over in Christie's corner. Uh, that's cute because it's a little cartoon. She's like, is that a beaver? No, it's a groundhog. Okay. I I'm Googled like a little it. beaver. And he's <laughs> like, that is not a beaver. I'm like, it looks like a beaver. Uh, same family, I think. But we, so we say, what is a specific, you know, groundhogs have a specific purpose. Like when we think of groundhog, we always think of groundhog day, right? We think of the day or we think of the commercial about quick chucking my wood, woodchucks. Cause that's all. And most people don't know this. A groundhog is a woodchuck. They're the same thing, which I never knew that before. See, and that's doing a podcast. You get to learn all kinds of weird things that nobody actually cares about. How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Yeah. I remember the commercial, the, uh, the, the insurance commercial. No. Where the old man drives up and he's like, quit chucking my wood. Mm. You don't remember that? Mm-mm. Come on. She had a wood chuck. Do you know the answer to that, though? Is there an answer to what? A woodchuck would chuck lots of wood. A woodchuck could chuck wood. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. We went off the rails today. <laughs> <laughs> it's Groundhog Day. <laughs> it is. <laughs> we should start the whole thing over. <clears throat> okay. So anyway, so a specific purpose, right? So the groundhog has a specific purpose. And we believe that. You know, every person, it's not that we believe, but we understand that God creates each of us for a very specific thing. And it's hard in the life that we live to understand that and really embrace it because we're all so very unique. We want to look at all the other shiny people, right? Yeah. People that we consider that are doing well in whatever it is that they're doing. And we want to be like those people, but we were never intended to do that. Mm-hmm. And when you really figure out your purpose, when you figure out your uniqueness, the thing like the groundhog, right? As goofy as he is, people even get him as pets. And I mean, most of the time people would not ever consider that. But if we're willing to embrace our uniqueness of what God's really created us for, that's when we're able to be our brightest. That's when we're able to do the most of what God's created us to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the beaver could be looking at the groundhog right now and be so jealous because don't. we don't celebrate him. Every There's not year. a beaver day. <laughs> <laughs> there may be. And I just don't know what it is. There probably is I now. I don't know. You, whatever. There's a bagel day, a peanut butter day, ride your bike to work day. There's tons of stupid days. <laughs> There's a beaver day. <laughs> right. I seen a thing the other day. It said too about a meme and it said something like, why is all these beavers need to, why do these beavers hate flowing water so much? And I thought that was funny. Oh my God. <laughs> Cause they're constantly building. I get it, babe. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny to me. Maybe cause I'm a guy. What's up, Tyler? Tyler. What's up, dude? Putting that on there. Okay. He was texting me today, asking me some stuff about their um, wanting to stream to multiple networks and stuff like that. And it's hard. It's, you know, it's when you guys are, you guys are growing like wildfire and that type of stuff is super important to be able to do that. So you have a specific purpose, just like our furry friend. Okay. So that's the first thing. Number two, dos amigos, small beginnings equal a big impact. So this, I don't know what else could be starting from a small beginning and equal such a big impact as the small little groundhog all of a sudden, like a hundred years ago, gets his own special day (laughs) for no reason that we all celebrate one day every year, expectantly waiting to see if he's going to see his shadow or not. And now look at that. It's just who would have thought if you look back on this a hundred years ago who sat around and then just decided you know what i wonder if there's gonna be more winter you my friend I, <laughs> you are in charge of the winter decision. i'm waiting for you to come out of your hole <laughs> and if we see your shadow that's gonna tell me that that's we're gonna so and it's a small beginning and now look at a hundred years later it is it has movies after it there, it's like a national day, or there will be six more weeks of Rona. Rona, right? Brought That's to you the by Beaver the Day. 
That's the beaver day. Everybody hates the beaver. Oh, it's man. funny because the the town that's known it's like Punxsutawney, I think it's in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is awful. It is. If you're from there, we're really sorry, but your state sucks. It's really bad. It ruined our <clears throat> band's brakes and rotors and everything going <laughs> up and down the hill. It did. It's like <clears throat> it's really bad. So in Pennsylvania, right? So then they call this dude Phil, right? So there's Phil. Uh, the groundhog, and he has been there for like a hundred years. Yeah, I don't think it's the same groundhog. I don't know how long they live, but I doubt it's the same guy. What did I say before we started this though about our little friend over? I can't do it <laughs> over there. My head. Yeah, I said. Also, oh, Pennsylvania has Phil, and we have Fred. Fred. We have Fred. We don't know that Fred. little groundhog's name is Fred. Yeah, that's Fred. So anyway, so I think it is important that we understand that the way that. Uh, you know, our personal growth works is that we don't always have to come from something great. We've talked about that before, especially during Christmas time yeah. when we're talking about the birth of Christ. But, you know, understanding that, you know, we don't have to come from something great. We, God's not expecting us to achieve a certain level before he decides to start using us in powerful ways. You know, he takes, if you read the Bible, it's all about humble beginnings. He uses everybody and all the people inside the Bible are all from humble beginnings and, you know, big sinners in such horrible ways. And, you know, he takes and he uses them in such a powerful way. And, you know, what a better day than Groundhog Day really to look mm-hmm. and say, hey, if this guy over here can get his own day and he can make an impact, you know, why can't I? And in what way? And I think a lot of times we allow other things in life to really kind of put out our flame and allow us to make us to feel small when we're really not designed to be small. So, you know, even small things are designed to be big or create a big impact. Well, and it's so funny because if we're told, we're told not to focus on ourselves, right? To be servants. And it's so funny because you do have to focus on your purpose and what God has you here for, and then not worry or think about or compare it to anyone else. And what I've really noticed about the Bible and then in my own life since I've gotten into my 40s is that if I really am just honed in on what I know God created me to be and and sometimes I'm really centered in on it and sometimes I have months where I'm not if I'm too busy and I'm just out of touch, I'm not in my Bible enough, I'm not praying enough is when I really find like I'm off of it. But when I'm really in my Bible every morning, having quiet time with God, I'm really journaling. I It's like it centers me to what my purpose is in life. And my purpose in, is in life really is that when I go out and go around people, I just want everyone around me to always feel good. I always want to encourage people. I always want to point out to them uh, and thank them for what they bring uh, to my circle, to my life, to those around them. Because a lot of times people don't hear those things. They don't get a random text from somebody saying, you know what, when I watch you, when I watch your life, you're a strong woman of faith and you don't have to say anything. Your actions show women how to be a woman of God. And women need to hear those things. Men Mm. need to hear those things too. And we don't tell people that, but when we're focused on comparing like, oh, I wish I was as strong as her, or I wish I still was in that season of my life because I didn't appreciate it enough. When we get into the I wishes, it's taking our focus off of the wrong thing. That's why I love that saying that we can learn little things from the groundhog because the groundhog isn't worried about any other animal. Being the beaver. He isn't. And we don't need to worry about that. You actually, no matter how small, um, I like it when some people that have stages will say, not everyone is meant to have a stage, you know, which is true. 
you know, God, there's a lot of people that don't want to stage. God um, has the people that want to work in the background and want to do all of these things. But I love it when someone on the stage is saying like, you need to embrace if you're the one that wants to be on the stage, but that's not where God has you right now. Um, you need to embrace where you're at right now. I love that they say that because honestly, though, I know a lot of people that are behind the scenes workers and you, they have a bigger impact on people than the person that's on the stage because they're not worried about being on the stage no. and God will elevate them to where they need to be in their due time. And that's really come clear to me, especially the, since I've gotten older, is if I'm just focused on what God wants me to be doing I will make an impact for him in a, such a great way because he's the one that takes it. He's the one that um, lets whatever I'm saying go through people's ears. I could be saying something and he's the one that changes their heart to hear what it needs to say. Mm. And that is what is so important about small beginnings. If you think that you're in a small beginning for the rest of your life, that's where God wants you. And I guarantee you, you're going to be shocked when you get to heaven because I guarantee you what you left behind is not going to be small. It's, it's just, just the way it is. It's true. And I think it, it, like what she's getting at, what I think anyway, that I feel good. Like, like she's sort saying, up for me. Cause I'm wordy. <laughs> no, it's good. What you're saying, everything you're saying is great. It's, we have a hard time accepting what God has for us because we're constantly trying to figure out who we really are. And I think it's so important, the older that you get, and I, we always try to tell our kids this, but you know how it is. It's like kids are kids, right? They don't get it. And when you get older, you're like, man, I wish, I really wish I would have concentrated more on trying to figure out what God wants me to be than what I think I'm supposed to be. And when we really try to connect harder with God, when we really f focus more on who he is, we then start to understand who we are supposed to be. Yeah. And when you do start to figure that out, your whole life changes. Like it changes, and I'm getting goosebumps saying it, but you're, it changes in every way. Yeah. You stop trying to be on the stage or be behind the scenes. Like you start saying, you know what? This is where I'm supposed to be, and I know it, and I'm comfortable in it. And we, and we instantly stop looking at everybody else's plates and what they have on their own plates, and we start focusing what God is giving us in the moment and to do and and put us on a certain level of purpose. And you're right. And we stop. Then we we actually start to lose. We we get amnesia of where we used to come from because it doesn't matter anymore. You know. The future is everything, and the possibilities are endless because we believe in what Christ believes about us. And it is harder the older we get, you know, because we feel like we're running out of time. That's a big struggle of mine personally. I'm like, man, I finally figured it out. Like, I know what God wants for me in my life, and I've just waited and burnt so much of the candle to the other end, and now I'm afraid I'm not going to have enough time to do it. And that, too, is silly because God can work miracles in every second of every day. And I'm shortchanging what he can do in me and through me by doing that. So I love this point. Yeah. I, I um, point. I struggled with that. I sing in the worship band at our church on the worship and praise team. And it was so funny yeah. because for a long time, for a couple months, I would say, um, be thinking to myself, like, uh, when I could hear playbacks and things like that, I would be like, Oh, I could sing that better or I could sing yeah. that louder or yeah. I could, uh, you know, I, I messed up or I did this and I don't even know what happened. It was probably like, uh, I'd say like three months ago, maybe four months ago, maybe a little longer, but I, I was praying and the Holy spirit was like, you're not focused on what I, the gifts that I've given you, you need to focus on the gifts that I've given you. And his gift that he's actually gave me is to be an encourager. So I need to use that gift no matter where I'm at. 
in where I'm at when I'm in on the worship and praise team, I need to stop focusing on the way I think that I sound yeah. and start encouraging everyone else on the team. Mm. So the new singers that are coming in that are struggling with their own nerves, um, our worship director, if he is struggling with how he does a mashup or something, the drummers, the saxophone players, uh, the guitar players, all of those people, I need to focus on what the gift that God has given, given me. And I can sing, but I am not... I'm not a Beyonce, right? So it's like, I don't sound like a dying cat, but my gift is to be an encourager. And as soon as I switched my focus and stopped worrying so much about what I'm doing and started focusing on everyone else on the team, I have so much more fun. It's the pressure is like taken off. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. So you really need to take the focus off yourself. Yeah. Two things. Number one, she's not Beyonce. She's more like Aretha Franklin. If you ever heard her sing, like it's incredible. She's extremely good and gifted and God has given her that and she loves doing it, which is even more important. But number two, her encouraging is like a superpower for her. She doesn't even, I don't even think half time she even realizes it, but when I'm with her and we walk in somewhere, she instantly is all like, Oh my gosh, I love your shoes. Look at your hat. Like she's constantly paying other women compliments. You know, and she does it so naturally. And people, I'm telling you from somebody, I don't I don't get complimented and I'm not expecting that I should be, but to have someone just randomly come up and start complimenting you is something that's like, oh man, that feels really nice. Like that feels really good for someone to notice something or to be complimentary. And she's saying what she's which what I feel like you're saying again is that, you know, you found something that you feel God has really given you and you're taking you're taking it and you're using it in the way that he's asking you to yeah. use it. You know, and there's so much power in that. There's just so much power in that. Because our brains just focus on the negative and we we do tell ourselves the negative. It's just. Yeah. And Tyler's like, we get discouraged because of compassion. Instead, we should or comparison. We should look at them as inspiration because remember, we are inspiration to someone also. And we may not even see it. You know, it's really funny because I find a lot. So true. And I was talking to a men's group the other day, uh, on Monday, yesterday, and we were saying, I was saying, you know, something about being a positive influence. And the guy looks at me and he goes, we're influencing people either way. And that is powerfully true. We're influencing somebody either negatively or positively in some way, like mm-hmm. around us, whether we even realize we're doing it. And why not try and be the bright shining light, you know, in whatever way it is and seeking after God, even in our humble ways, even in our small ways that we think are small, God can shine so brightly in incredible ways through those if we're just willing to embrace it. Yeah. Just like our little fuzzy guy, the groundhogger. All right. Number three. Number three, you don't always need to be right. Except for me. I want to be right. To make a difference. Yeah. You don't always need to be right to make a difference. So I love, <laughs> I love this because Josh found this little statistic earlier. I like statistics. And, and he said, over the last 100 years, the groundhog has only been right 39% of the time. Kind of like the rapid testing. (laughs) The Rona. Of the Rona. (laughs) So that's what I like about this is that I love there's a quote that I hear all the time and I love it because it makes a huge impact on me. It says something like, do you want to be right or do you want to be kind? Like what's more important to you in the instance, in that interaction with the person for you to be right or for you to be kind? And a lot of times we get too caught up in, I have to be right. I have to be right. I have to be right. And hammering our point in because we're trying to get the person that we're talking to or the people that we're talking to just to see our side of it. 
And we're not even stopping for one second to realize that both people are doing the same thing. Mm. Like somebody has to bend first. And as Christians, we should be the ones to do that. I mean, God has called us to do that. And I think that's what's so important. And I think we make the biggest impact actually when we're wrong as Christians and how we deal with the wrong. How we deal with it. I agree. How we deal with the imperfections. Because if we walk around all the time as Christians and we act like we always have everything together or we try to put that persona on, number one, that's what's keeping everybody away from God. The people that want to come to church, that's their number one thing. The building's going to burn down if I walk in there or, um, I'm not perfect yet. Like I have too many things wrong in my life. And they, they feel that way, not because they've read the Bible and the Bible made them feel that way. They feel that way from the Christians that they've encountered in their life. So that's where we have to get, we have to embrace the suck as Christians. And I, I hate the memes that Christians post that say God loves, um, God even sat with sinners, um, and, but yet he didn't condone their sin. I think that is sending the message to the people that are unsaved that we're trying to say we're not sinners. God, we're still sinners just because we're saved. I don't like them quotes that say that because there's a difference between being saved and unsaved. There isn't a difference whether or not you're a sinner or not. It Everyone's a sinner, whether they get saved, not saved. Nope. And I think it's very, very important for us as Christians to understand that we send that message to people that okay, I publicly made this mistake or I screwed up. I want to correct it right away. If I said something wrong to someone or did something wrong, I want to correct that right away. I don't, it doesn't ever taste good to eat crow. It never, but I love the quote too, that they say no one ever died from swallowing their pride. Okay. You don't choke to death from swallowing your pride. And it's going to make a bigger impact on that person if you are out trying to live your life out as a Christian for you to go back and admit your mistake, tell them that you're sorry mm. and do what God would want you to do for them as a Christ follower, than as if you never admitted that you did anything wrong. Mm. And that's where we can make the biggest impact. I think. No, you're right. I mean, if, if the groundhog is wrong, the majority of the time, I mean, that's basically the whole point, right? If the, the and still people yeah. like today, right? There's it. Oh, it's all a shadow. It's going to be six more weeks, right? We just automatically assume it's the impact is everything, right? We, we allow the mistakes to get in our way and stop us from, from moving forward. The mistakes, just like Christy said, though, we need to learn how to embrace that, embrace the suck. We need to embrace that. If we really want to be movers and shakers for Christ, we're going to fail. We're going to fail and we're going to fail a lot. But the times that we do win, that's where the big impact comes from. And the impact of winning never happens without the failing. And so we can't always just be right. We want to always be right. We always want to be really careful. Believe me, I overanalyze everything. Believe me, you can ask her. I do it all the time, okay? I overanalyze. I'll take a graphic when I'm making it and I'll go over it and over it and over it and over it because I got to tweak it just right, move this a centimeter over. I got to do all this stuff when it was about 90% good in the beginning. And now it's 92% after all my blood, sweat, and tears. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And we get so caught up in trying to be right that we miss that we're, we're really trying to make an impact is really what we're trying to do. And being right all the time is not the way to do it. Showing other non-Christians that us Christians are wrong and we can admit it when we're wrong and apologize when we're wrong. That's like Christy says, that's the impact. Uh, being right all the time scares everybody away because people know better. 
I mean, we're all humans. I mean, we're wrong when we're wrong, and when we're wrong, we're wrong. And we just have a really hard time of admitting it because we feel yeah. like a lot of times as Christians, we have we have changed so much that we have so much now to lose. And that's just not how the how it works. You know, grace is is given freely and um, you know, everything can change from day to day. And we have to live our lives just like that. I told Christy earlier, we're standing by the coffee pot. She was making coffee because she's like, It's freezing cold I'm in our freezing. house. Freezing. Always freezing. And she, you know, and she said something to me and I said, You know, something I wish I would have embraced a long time ago, like years and years ago, is being more honest. You know, I was always afraid that I was going to disappoint people, upset people, look stupid, all these things. And I just, I'm so free as an honest person. I try to be as brutally honest as possible. And to be honest with you, I've learned that from her because she is a brutally honest type of person. And there's nothing but good that can come from that in the long run. In the beginning, it's tough. But in the long run, uh, it has given me more than, than it's taken for me. I can promise you that. Well, I think uh, another thing that Christians do, not just Christians, I, I should rephrase that, is that I, I've always been an honest person, a brutally honest person. And um, Christ has yeah. allowed me to soften my heart a little bit to where I actually care about the person's feelings that I'm being brutally honest to. Um, even if I don't necessarily like the person, I don't, I want him to have a good testimony for God. That's where he's changed me. So mm. I'm not going to be brutally honest in a malicious way. I'm still going to be honest, but in a loving way. But I think what's so funny is me being brutally honest my whole life. I always wanted to make it to where no one could, no one could say something that was untrue about me. And no matter how you live your life, that's not true. You're never going to be able to do that. So I think what's also important as Christians is that some Christians feel like, okay, if someone's going out and saying something that's untrue about me or bashing my character, a huge growing point for me is I'm not worried about that anymore because uh, you're not going to stop it, number one. And number two, that's going to take your focus off of what God has wanted you mm -hmm. to do. So and so as a Christian, my biggest thing that I've accepted, I even had to say it to somebody today. I had something very in unjust done to me last year, done to us and uh, were legal, legal things that were unjust. And I ended up, I had to go today and shore all of that up. It's done. It's finished all of that. And the lady that is there um, knew me years ago and I hadn't seen her in years and I hadn't been into the office, you know, and it was so funny because she, she's like, how are you doing? She's like, I follow you guys on Facebook. You know, you look like you're doing good. And she's like, you don't have to worry. I don't tell anybody, you know, about this is all confidential stuff. And I looked at her and I'm like, I'm not worried about it because when you're living your life out the way that God wants you to be, you're going to get more attackers. You're not going to be left alone mm. when you're out trying to make an impact on God's kingdom, especially on a public platform and you're not a rich and famous person, people are going to be like, who do you think you are type of thing. The devil is going to attack you more. So you can't be concerned with who's out there bashing your character because it's going to happen. It, they're doing it because the devil doesn't want you making an impact. And our battles here aren't with flesh and blood. Yep. It's with Satan. And he doesn't want any more people to believe in God. He wants to see Christians fail. He wants to divide marriages. So don't worry about who's out there bashing your character or telling lies about you because it's going to happen no matter how perfect you live your life. Look at Jesus. So yeah. we have to remember that. Yeah, it's it's honest 
honestly, though, it's it's where we get too busy trying to be right. Yes. Instead of trying to make an impact. Yeah. And we get we're going to get caught up in one or the other. And yeah. let's learn from our fuzzy friend, the groundhog. <laughs> right. We have to learn from him and say, hey, even he's I wrong. still come out every year. <laughs> yeah. Every year. And people watch me and people are like, oh, six more weeks. Right. I mean, that's just the reality of it. But it's such a great lesson. Like. We don't know these things because God shines in the impact, you know, not about yeah. the failures. The failures are what build us up. And it's so it's so important that we embrace that. I mean, look at the weatherman. I mean, they get to have jobs all the time. And they make they're good right, money. <laughs> and they're right, like, night wrong, like, 90% of the time. And they still get to get, we still awesome. watch them. We still listen to what they have to say. Yeah. You could just use words like maybe, might, <laughs> should, shouldn't. Like, 50% the, chance of rain every day. <laughs> it's so crazy to me that they get paid like they do. Uh, All right. Number four, number four, number four is winter is just a season. Okay. I love that uh, Josh found this because winter is just a season and summer is always going to come. And just make sure not to turn into the person that when it's the summertime, you're not appreciating the summer and you're like, winter's coming. <laughs> I'm sad. <laughs> like, appreciate it when it's good, you know, and be expectant when it's not. I mean, that's that's the two that's the two uh, personalities that you should have there, you know, emotions that you should have during that time. Yeah, I mean, we we look at the groundhog, right? And we think to ourselves, okay, the winter, boo, boo, boo. There's six more weeks. But let's just be real. There's only six more weeks. Like, we know winter is going to end. And a lot of times we get stuck in our lives and think in this season we're in, this horrible season, which I'm going to be honest with you, like, in the Christian world, we always hear, like, well, it's just a season. Like, I I don't like hearing that. It's just a chapter. It's a chapter. It's a season, right? But let's be honest. That's the beautiful thing about it. It will not last forever. It may feel like it. And that season may, or that chapter may last a lot longer than others. But this is something that I've really learned. And I know Christian has learned it too, is that God is trying to teach us something in that season. There's a reason why we're stuck in it. And there's something going on where we're just not really, we're not getting it. We're still marching around. You know, we're still, we're still wandering. We're not figuring out the lesson that God's trying to deliver to us. You know, there's growth. It's supposed to be happening in the, in these horrible winter seasons. And that's so when the, when the good season comes, we can go out and, you know, we can have crop and we can really, you know, we can reap the stuff that we can have reward for what's going on. And that's, what's awesome about summertime. Everybody looks forward to summer, but let's be honest. If you ate like a cow all winter long, you're not going to be happy about summertime. I mean, I'm just being honest. I know that's how I am. Busted can of biscuit. That's right. That's right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Nobody likes that, right? Everybody's like, I don't want, you know, I don't want summer now. I want to be just be where it's cold so I can wear sweatshirts on and stuff. And I understand that. Like, I get it. Right. So we have to understand that the winter does serve a purpose, right? It's 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 here, but it doesn't last forever. And we need to understand that this whatever it is that we dislike about the season or the chapter that we're in, God's really wanting us to grow in it. He really wants us to figure it out and find out how to seek him closer and more and follow him even closer during that time. So when the season does change, we're prepared and we're ready and we'll prosper because of it as a person. Yeah. An epiphany for me that I had with God and you know how I think the Holy Spirit brings things to our minds into our eyes that sometimes don't mean as much to someone else unless it happened to them. But something that came to me is that whenever we say growing with God, I used to think all the time, I used to envision, you know, how someone says something and you picture something in your brain. Um, people would be like, you're growing with God. I, 
used to picture, you know, like a tree, you know, like growing out. And what has changed now for me in that, especially going through tough times, it just makes me smile because this past year was so hard in so many ways for our family. And now growing with God this past year, it's really made me think of roots. So now when someone says that, I actually envision soil and I just envision the roots just growing deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And I think to myself, that's what them storms are for is I'm so happy and so content. And I understand now, uh, what that means. Like, no, you're not jumping around, like skipping around and, you know, wanting rainbows, plaster rainbows everywhere. Still thankful for it. But there's a deep joy and contentment in it after you've gone through the storm to be like, wow, I wouldn't have leaned into God as hard as I did. Mm. I wouldn't have tried to be as open and vulnerable about it to people that look up to me and show them I am mad today. I'm mad. And it's what we do with this feeling. God gave us this feeling. The feeling itself is not wrong. But it's what I do in that feeling of being mad, in that emotion, that makes a difference. And that's where we're growing, but it's deeper, not larger necessarily. So, Yeah, so I've heard something uh, said before. It says, the strength of a tree is not measured by its branches, but by its roots. Yeah. And it can withstand, uh, you know, the storms of life. And that's when we're willing. And I think it does take a, a certain level of maturity, even spiritual maturity to understand, okay, what, what, what is this painful time? What am I supposed to be getting from it? There, there, it's never, God doesn't give us pain to just be wasted. Like he wants us to use that for his good. He really does. And we have to figure out why. And the quicker we can figure out why, the more fruitful those branches will become on the outside, but the deeper our roots go. And I love that you use that analogy. You know, when we talk about our little furry buddy, you know, they're known as diggers. They're known as making these incredible little tunnel homes, you know, these guys, you know, but we would never know that. We would never know because it's all done under the surface. And a lot of our growing as Christians is done behind the scenes. It's done alone in the morning when we get up an extra hour earlier before the rest of the world knows, you know, maybe we go serve at a job that is not Christian based and we have to really put on our armor, you know, our, our godly armor in the morning. We have to get up extra early so we can go and handle it and deal with it. Not everybody understands those roots. They don't get it. Uh, but you know, it, it is up to us to do that. And we're doing, we're impacting so much more than just for ourselves. We're doing it for the kingdom. We really honestly are, and we're doing it for other Christians. And, you know, so I think there's a lot we can learn from this guy, mm-hmm. Frank or Cute Fred, would you Fred. call him? Fred, Cute little Fred. Cute little Freddy. All right, guys, we want to thank you. you have anything else you want to add before we shut her down today? Nope. Nope. Okay. I want to thank everybody for being here. Please don't forget to share the episode And um, hey, we'll see you guys next Tuesday, 7 p.m. Watch the movie. Movie's good. (laughs) The movie is good. Today will be the day to watch it. Mm -hmm. All right. See you guys. Bye. Bye.